Amen. Well, this morning we'll just get right into uh, the word of the Lord today. And uh, if you will, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, and we're going to start reading in uh, verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 1 is... uh, Is Usher Payton, where is Usher Payton at? Brother Payton, could you come here real quick, please? Amen. 2 Corinthians 2, and we're going to start reading in verse number 1. If you'll stand together as uh, we get ready to read here the Word of God. You ain't got to be timid and shy. Amen. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse number 1. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, and this is Paul writing, but I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorry by me. Man, let me read this again. But I determined with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. Somebody say heaviness. For if I make you sorry, if my, you can say it like this. He's saying if my heaviness makes you sorry, if I'm affecting you, he said, then who can make me glad? Where can we rejoice together? How can we be glad together? He said, but the same which is made sorry by me. In other words, he said, my heaviness, it has affected you. And so therefore, he said, I made a determination that I'm not going to come again with heaviness. And this morning, if we can, for just a few moments of time, and uh, I've already had a few weird looks, and I've had a few folks ask me uh, what exactly is going on this morning. Some think that I'm preparing and wearing a bulletproof vest. This is not a bulletproof vest. Uh, Brother James asked me, he said, Pastor, are you having back trouble? I said, not yet. I said, but I might before this service is over. Amen. Somebody else looked at me and said, I'm not even going to ask. Thank you, my brother. You can just set it back there on the ground. It's fine. Amen. Somebody said, I'm not even going to ask. Sister Jordy came to me and she was so excited to come and hug her pastor. And she walked up to me with those big eyes and a smile and she put her hands out and she looked at my... Uh, my chest here and she backed up like what in the world is going on amen and I said it's okay I said Brother Jake's just got this vest on today so she she endeavored to, sister Amy to give me a side hug amen as a result there are some of you who this morning uh, the, the truth be told is that you've been looking you've had some discussion one brother said brother Jake I don't know if you came to call some balls and strikes this morning kind of look like an umpire with that there under your jacket and some of you been wondering what in the world's going on trying to figure it out and I can assure you that at this point in time I've worked myself up a pretty good sweat underneath this thing 
and uh, it's been hard to get around it to clap my hands and it's been a, a little grievous to lift my hands in worship because I've got 35 pounds of weight on this weight vest that I'm wearing this morning and uh, I wore it uh, on purpose. I thought about I said, well, I may just wait and put it on when I get ready to preach. But I said, no, I'm going to put it on and I'm going to let folks chatter a little bit and I'm going to let folks ask a question and see what's going on because here's the truth is that's what heaviness does that's what heaviness does heaviness is a hindrance heaviness is a distraction heaviness will affect your worship Heaviness will get you in a place where not only are you the one limited by it, but there are others who are limited. Paul said, I am not going to come again to you in heaviness. He said, because I'm coming to find that what, how I am. He said, how can I be encouraged or how can I be made glad when I have made those heavy as well? And so this morning with a little bit of time, if you will, if you'll just let Pastor preach. I wasn't here last Sunday as we were gone to preach Brother Cameron's wedding. And we're thankful to hear of all that God done in the service. And thankful for Brother Dustin and his ministry. And so appreciate all the praise reports that we have heard. And this morning, I maybe I'm entitled to a couple extra minutes, amen, to preach. That's the way I feel anyway. And so I'm just going to preach for a little bit. But I'm going to title this, Weighted Worship. Amen. Weighted Worship. Can we pray together and ask the Lord to help us today? Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness and for your faithfulness. And Lord, I do give you thanks and praise for your word. I thank you today for every heart and life that is represented in this place today. Lord, I believe as always that on purpose and within the great plan of heaven that those that are sitting on these pews, those today who maybe cannot be in church but are listening by way of the internet Lord that today this word would go forth Lord with your anointing and with your power I pray Lord today that you would help and anoint our hearts and ears to hear and receive and Lord that you would anoint my mind and my lips, Lord, to preach as would bring you glory. Father, I pray today, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. We don't need to see a personality in a pulpit, but Lord, we want to see you. We want to hear you today. And Lord, I pray, I pray even now, I pray every spirit of hell, I pray every distracting thought and tactic of the enemy. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus even now. Lord, we believe you even now, God. Oh, that you're going to do a mighty work. And we thank you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody would say, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brother Keith, can you give me a hand here? I'm going to take this jacket off. You can be seated this morning. You may have to work at it. Thank you, brother. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Believe it or not, <clears throat> I was crazy enough to ask for this for a Christmas present. 
Amen. I know there's a little bit of insanity there. I heard somebody say the other day that insanity and genius are next door neighbors and they borrow each other's sugar. Amen. And uh, and so therefore, I thought, well, either I was insane or a little bit genius in order to ask uh, my when my wife and the little girl they they always say, Dad, you're hard to buy for, and and don't know what to get you. And I, and a lot of us adults fall into that, and uh, in the fact that normally what we want, we just kind of go and get throughout the year. But I said, here's one thing that I want. I said, I want a weighted vest for Christmas. And my wife looked at me and she said. Why in the world do you want a weighted vest for Christmas? Amen. And uh, I said, well, I said, when I'm out for a walk or I'm out for a run, I said, it adds some resistance and it'll help me to work a little bit harder, Brother Tobin. Amen. But uh, I, uh, in purchasing this, I had made a selection. They had different weight capacities that you could purchase these with. They had them as light as around 20, 25 pounds up to up to 50, 60, 70 pounds and, and on this particular vest I can buy more weight in order to nearly double the capacity of it but right here at 35 pounds has been a pretty good uh, marker amen for me anyway uh, it's been something to let me know that it's here it's, an, it's enough weight on me amen that after a good couple miles after a good three mile walk I can get back to the house and my my hips and my knees and my lower back and my shoulders will tell me that I've been carrying around some extra weight. Brother Heath, I, I even when I or when I uh, uh, had to my wife. You know how Amazon works. Uh, you can create a, a, a list. And so I selected it. And Sister Karen, I, I selected because I, I was a little bit wimpy and a little bit afraid of how it might be. I ordered the shoulder pads, amen, to where it would, where it would be a, at least a little bit more comfortable. But here's what I can tell you uh, in regards to this is that this weight that I'm carrying here this morning, uh, as I already said, it is awkward. It is awkward for me. It is awkward in the way that I'm carrying it around. It is awkward in the fact that it's not, it's supposed to be, or at least the best that it can be, evenly distributed. But nonetheless, with it, I find myself, in some regards, I find myself a little top heavy. And then to get comfortable, I'll shift it back, and then my, my back gets a little bit heavy. In other words, if I'm going to wear this, weight for any amount of time I can assure you that there's nothing that's comfortable about it and I am giving to you today a physical illustration of the fact of how we are like I said we can come and when you came in and when I shook some hands and when different ones saw me my weight became the topic of conversation my weight became a little bit of point of concern for others my weight this morning that I am here wearing it became something that was a distraction for others some of you you don't even know what we sang some of you you couldn't even say you couldn't clap your hands right or anything else because you was trying to figure out what's going on what is he wearing what is that and all in your mind different thoughts and different things of that nature because 
because this weight is awkward and this weight is a distraction. But let me say this, is that one thing that we do know is that weight that we carry, burdens that we have, things that are grievous, these are things that, yes, are a part of life. These are things that we are up against day to day and week to week, month to month, and then and it just goes on and on. We are up against some things, amen, that can come unto us, and it can be grievous. It can be awkward. It can be something that is a distraction. I want to tell the church this morning that I believe that God would like to deal with our hearts in regards to weighted worship, in regards to what happens when we find ourselves that we are allowing, when we are allowing weight, weight that comes in different forms and capacities. This morning, I'm not a respecter of persons when it comes to weight. The weight that you might carry, it might be some things that are family originated. The weight that you might carry, it might be some things of your past. The weight that you might carry might be some things that are current and what it is that's going on. The weight that you might carry, it could be the fact that you're miserable in sin. Maybe there's some secret sin. Maybe there's some secret attitudes, secret conversations, and it's created weight in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. Maybe there's weight in regards to relationships. Maybe there's weight that comes in regards of a spiritual attack. And yes, I want you to know a spiritual attack and spiritual warfare is very real. I want you to know that as a matter of fact, Paul said, he said the things we war are not flesh and blood. He said, Brother Darren, it is not somebody you know. It is not somebody that hurt you. It is not somebody who's aggravated you. It's not, it's not that person in your family. It's not that thing. But I want to tell the church, we better start remembering this ain't flesh and blood. But you're up against the principality. You're up against a power. You're up against wickedness that's in high places. And we have got to make up our mind. I am sick and tired of the church trying to fight spiritual warfare in the carnality of our mind, in the carnality of our humanistic efforts. But may God help us to know this is a spiritual thing. And we're only going to win the war by the power of the Spirit. Amen. And so today your weight might come in various forms and capacities. Your weight today might be something that it has your attention and it has the attention of others. It has weighted your worship. Now this morning I want you to understand that when I use the term worship because I wrestled in the context of how do I describe what is weighted because... But I used worship because I want to be very clear. 
I know most of us know this. Most of us have heard this. But I want to reiterate that worship is more than singing a song. Worship is more than clapping your hands. Worship is more than lifting your hands. Worship is more than, it is more than a shout or a dance. Worship is more than the playing of a musical instrument. Are all of these things practices of worship? Absolutely. Are all of these things important in your life? Absolutely. Are all of those things important in the context of a worship service? Absolutely. Absolutely, they should be performed and practiced. It should be the norm when God's people get together that the various things I just said are done corporately together. As God, Sister Carmen, the Word of God says, He inhabits the praise of His people. And so these areas, yes, are worship, but they are not the only place of worship. I want you to know that your life is a life that should be a surrendered form of worship. That when you yield yourself to the Lordship and the authority of Jesus Christ, the Word of God tells us to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Amen. A living sacrifice that we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Can I say this morning that in our living, in our actions, in our conversation, in our service, in our prayer, in our devotion to the Word of God, Sister Anna in our influence and example all of these things are also acts of worship we have reached a point as to think that well my worship has only waited if I don't clap like everybody else or if I don't get as excited maybe as brother Jacob does you know that's my prerogative preacher just back off leave me alone You know, I ain't got to do that. I've heard arguments. I've heard people say, I ain't got to do that. I ain't got to act that way. I ain't got to be that way. And you're right. You're right. You don't have to. It sure feels good when you do. It sure sets a standard when you do. It sure demonstrates, amen, that you're excited and enthusiastic about something that God is doing in your life when you do in those things. But I want to tell you this morning that your worship goes much deeper. Your worship, your worship is, is uh, that life that is, as Paul had said, a, a living letter. That we are written epistles. That we are living letters that we are to be read of. We are to be seen of by all men. Paul here is writing in respect uh, to his writings to the church at Corinth. Paul had to address some serious situations. Paul had to deal with some seriously heavy topics. Paul 
Paul had to rebuke. Paul had to correct. Paul had to get some things back in order. And in regards to this, Paul begins to talk about the heaviness in which he had. Paul begins to talk about the burden upon which he was under. And in the beginning of the second book of Corinthians, he starts, Brother Tobin, with the statement where he says, this is what I have determined. This is the mind that I made up. He said that I would not come again to you in heaviness. In other words, I am not going to let this be the overreaching and overwhelming attitude and situation that I am going to let dictate my heart, that I'm going to let dictate my attitude, that I'm going to let dictate my life. He said, because here's what I've come to learn. He said, is that if I am that way, he said, what's going to happen is it is going to make you that way. What I am going through, it is going to rub off on you. And this morning, church, I want to let you know today is that you might be in a place where you would say, Brother Jacob, I feel weighted. I feel burdened. I am in a place where I have been battling, where I am in battled, whatever the case might be. And I want to let you know that, number one, there's nothing wrong with that. And the fact, as I said, that's part of life. These are things that are going to come against us. These are things that we are going to deal with. But here is the essence, Brother Udy. It is how we deal and how we handle and what we are going to do when these weights show up. And this morning, with God's help, I want to direct your attention to a few things specifically because I want you to know that you don't worry and you are not weighted down in your worship only to yourself. You are not an island, Laura, but there are people connected to you. There are people watching you. There are people listening to you, Brother Darren. There are people that see you, Sister Glenda. And I will tell you right now that within the confines of our families, and not just our immediate family, but I'll tell you in the confines of the church family, I want to be careful. Sister Debbie, I want to be mindful. I want to be sincere. And watch how weight has affected my worship. I want to watch. I want to be careful. I want to say, I want to pray, I want to see. Lord, help me. Help me in my efforts. Help me in the place of how I carry this weight. I want to let you know that there are some weights that are picked up. Amen. There are some weights that are on you, that are in you, that are on your mind. And it is not because of unexpected circumstance. I want to let some of you know this morning, and when I say some of you, if I point this finger, I've got three pointing right back at me. Amen. I'm wearing the weight this morning. I want to tell you one of the things about this weighted vest that I have the ability to do is I can add or I can take away weight. 
each of these are five pounds at a time. And I'm going to tell some of you. That you're fighting against or there's some weight that's wearing down your worship. And it wasn't the devil that put it on you. You might as well buckle up. You might as well say amen or oh me. You might as well do something. It's not the devil that put it on you. And it's not circumstance that put it on you. But there's some weight, Sister Amber, that good and well... Myself and yourself and you, Brother Keith, and you, Brother Eddie, we go on by the weight shop. Hey, man, you didn't know they sold that at Walmart, did you? You didn't know you could find it on Amazon, but you can. I can go on Amazon right now, Sister Linda, and I can put in the make and model of my vest. And I can say, I need to order me another 10, 15 pounds of weight. And they'll ship it to my front door in two days. Amen. FedEx man, he will. I don't even got to go to the truck to carry it in. He'll go and he'll put it right there in front of my garage door conveniently for me, Sister Kelsey, so I can go and so that I I can pick it up and so that I can put are you does anybody hear the term I'm using so that I I I I can put it in my vest I can put it and add the weight that's there and the first thing I want to tell you this morning that is weighing down your worship and this is a big one this is an all-encompassing one this is something that every human born alive brother Heath we battle with with and we wrestle with and it is the weight of worry the weight of worry now I want to tell some of us this morning who will listen to me I want to let you know is that worry is not the will of God worry is not the will of God Now, some of you right now are prickly. You don't know. Already, you're mad at me, and I didn't even say amen. You don't even know. I've got every right to be worried. I've got every reason to be worried. This is going on. If he was in my life, if he was in my shoes, he'd be worried too. And you know what? Truth be told, in my humanity, in my weakness, in my own efforts, I probably would, Brother Jerry. But here's what I've come to learn. I can say with clarity, I can say here with the full backing of the Bible that worry is not the will of God Because Christ himself said, do not worry. So you see, you can be mad at Brother Jake all you want, but it's not Brother Jake you're mad at. You've got to take it up with the Lord because it is the Lord who said, do not worry about these things. But we love, oh, Brother Heath, we love to order us up a good old batch of worry. We love to pack. I mean, look at this. It it don't look all that intimidating. It's just five pounds. That ain't too... That 
ain't too much, is it? That ain't too bad. You think you could stick that in your pocket and carry it around for the day? And it ain't, it ain't, he said, all day long. It ain't too bad. What you think, Sister Laura? You think you could put this in your purse and go to the store and go to your job and, and ride around throughout the day? I mean, it's not overwhelming, is it? It's not. No, it's not. You know something that I learned about little weights? As a matter of fact, Solomon, Solomon knew something about little things. He said it's little foxes that spoil the vine. It's little things that eat and little things that get in. And you know what I found, Sister Brenda, is that a lot of time worry comes packaged unassumingly. Worry comes packaged not so much, Brother Michael, in a weight that I can't necessarily not contain. But it's just a little bit and a little moment because what happens is, Brother Heath, is when we are convinced that this little bit, I can manage this little bit I can hold on to and it ain't really going to affect my day and so therefore we come along and guess what we find brother Steve we see another pretty package of worry we see another situation say well you know what we could pick that up and uh, and you know I could handle that first five pretty well so surely another five would be okay and we believe the lie that worry gives us that we can keep taking it on and taking it on and taking it on until we look up and we are under a weight that has overwhelmed us until we look up Brother Eddie and our thoughts are distraught and our worship is miscued and our praise is, is paralyzed we will pick up enough worry until we're not ourselves have you ever been at a place so worried that when you in your conversations that you're not who you used to be. People talk to you and say something's changed. Something's different. Something's going on. You feel heavy. You seem heavy in your mind. It's because you picked up worry. Oh, hear me. Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 through 8, it says, be careful for nothing. You know what the term there, be careful, means? It's not meaning be careful, look both ways before you cross the street. That phrase there, defined, means worry. Worry for nothing. But listen, listen to what he says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving... Everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Do you know what happens after that? The Bible says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts. Guess what else it says? And mine. It'll keep your heart and it'll keep your mind through Christ Jesus. Oh, that's why some of you need to turn off Fox News. That's why some of you need to take a fast from social media. 
I'm counting on you to tell me if they start throwing something. That's why some of us, some of us need to be careful. Can I even, can I even go a little bit further? Please somebody say yes. Be careful what your entertainment is. Be careful. Be careful. You think Hank Williams and Merle Haggard's all right Monday through Saturday. And you wonder why you're depressed. Because they lost their dog and they lost their job. Somebody said, you know what happens when you listen to country music backwards? You get your job back. You get your car back. You get your dog back. You get your wife back. You better hear your preacher this morning. There's some things you're watching. There's some things you're listening to. There's some things you're involved in. There's some conversations being had. And all it is is giving birth to worry. And you're picking it up. And it's weighing you down. When we are worried, it is all-consuming. Some folks ain't had a good night's sleep in a long time. Some folks ain't made it through the day without your mind venturing off because you're consumed. Consumed with it. You are worried about things that you and I, can I, I hate to break it to you, are you, are you ready? If you think I already hurt your feelings, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt them a little bit more. You're worrying over things that you and I cannot control. Somebody asked me one time, they said, Pastor said if there was one thing that you had in your, in your toolbox to be able to do to pastor a church, what would it be? What would be the one gift that you had? What would be the one special thing that you'd have? And they was waiting. They was waiting for me to say something like, Oh, uh, you know, very something very spiritual, Sister Turnage. Oh, I, I want, I, I need more wisdom, and I, oh, more prayer time, more time. At, uh, you know what I said? I said if I had the ability to control people. Now here's now before you get to thinking, I knew we voted in a cult leader. Why? And it's coming out now. Here it is. It's coming out now. No. What do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? Brother Keith, you got grown kids? Do your grown kids that grew up in your house under your rules, under your leadership, do they do everything that you want them to do? Is it hard for you as a parent to watch your grown kids who grew up under your house, under your leadership, under your rules, to do things that you know are not right and them be able to not have to listen to what you say, even though what you say is right, true, good, for their benefit? Is that hard? Get what I'm saying now? See, for some of you, it's your kids. I still have the ability right now. My daughter's 13. What I say goes. I can control where she goes, what she does, what she wears, what she eats, what, whatever. But there will come a time that I can't. And some of you know that very well. 
So you know what I'm talking about. A man told me one time, he said, Brother Jacob, he said, the teenage years are not hard years. He said, the hard years are when they're grown. And they know better. And they should do better. And they know what's right and wrong. You've taught them what's right and wrong. And it is up to them to do it. Well, guess what? Y'all are the sheep of my pasture. And I look at my sheep at times and I say, I wish I could get my hands on Sister Sandy. I wish I could straighten her up real good. She said, me too, then you ought to start letting me. Amen, Brother Steve. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Brother Steve said, now back away, Brother Jake. I want a peaceful day when we give In a pastor's heart, I can look and I can say, man, I wish, I wish that we could do it like this. I wish today that we would behave like this. I wish we would worship like this. I wish we could catch vision like this. I wish we could do like this. But Sister Shannon, I cannot control people. I cannot control you. I cannot make you do it. I can preach. I can pray. I can counsel. I can invest. I can try to do these things, but I can't make you. And so therefore, here's what I'm trying to say this morning, is that there are things that I could set all day. And if I allowed it, I could, Brother Gary, be consumed with worry, worried about all the things, worried about how it's not how I would do it, worried about how it's not how I could make it right, worried about I could go on and on and on. But I've got to learn that my worship is weighted when I choose to pick up worry and I don't know about you but I want to lose a little bit of weight I don't know about you but I want to rejoice I want to pray I want to have supplication I today want to walk in agreement with the will of God and I can't when I'm weighted down with worry did you know that worry will lie to you Worry will lie to you. Worry will lie to you. It's a thief. You will worry over things you have no control over. Here's another one. I'm in deep, deep water, so I'm just going to keep on swimming. Are you ready? You're worrying about things that are imagined. You think they think. They said they think. This, this, and this, and this, this, and this, Brother Michael, has not happened. According to the statistics, you're right, Sister Coco. I don't know who comes up with the statistics, but it has been said that Over 90% of what we choose to worry over never happens. But you are exhausted and frustrated and trying to get control over something that does not even exist. There are these things... 
there are things that are deliberately focused on robbing us. Worry does not take away tomorrow's trouble, but it will rob you of today's peace. We think that it's about tomorrow, but it's affecting us today. Can your pastor tell you if you were praying as much as you were worrying? You're not as uncomfortable as I am. I promise you that. If you were praying as much as you were worrying, I would tell you is that it would reach a point and a place as to where your perspective would have already been changed. Your heart would have already had a different tune. Your song would already sound different. Your worship would, well, are you saying that if we just, Brother Jake, if we just choose not to worry, or that, that if, you know, if you're talking about the fact that if we just pray more, that it'll, that it'll just make all of our troubles go away? Not everything will probably go away, but I'll, be, I'll tell you this, is that because of all the worry, you're not giving it a chance to go away. You keep it alive. You keep it relevant. You keep it prevalent in your life because you're making a decision. You're choosing to do that. What would happen before your instinct was to worry? You said, God, where's the prayer closet? God, help me. You see that I'm battling with worry. You see that I'm battling with this thing. And so help me. Let me find that place of prayer. Help me get the mind of God. Here's the problem. We are under the assumption that one prayer, one trip to the altar, one service makes it all right. And it doesn't. You're discouraged on Monday because God in the middle of the night, because you went to the altar, because you prayed, because you heard that one message that you thought in the middle of the night God would have his big magic eraser and come by and take it all out of your life. And you'd wake up Monday morning shouting, rejoicing, having revival. I'm going to tell you that sometimes the greatest test is going to come after the most mighty move of God in your life because all of hell will try you and say I want to know what are you made of I want to know do you really believe everything you amen do you believe everything you prayed do you believe everything that that book says quit trying to absolve your worry in one flash and moment Of God's presence and power. Well brother Jake. I thought you've always said. A moment in his presence is. Greater than lifetimes of preaching. Yes. God can do a lot. In a moment. But I'm going to tell you. There's times sister Amy. I've left some of the most powerful meetings. I've ever been in. Services. Revivals. Camp meetings. I have left them. And within days. All of hell showed up. And Brother Marvin, I had to make a daily decision. I'm either going to be consumed with this worry or I am going to make it a matter of prayer. I'm going to make it a matter of prayer. Thank God for friends. You can call, you can text. Thank God for folks you can 
You could have a conversation on the phone, but at the end of the day, Sister Wanda, nobody else can do for me like Jesus can. And we'd better learn to tap back into the power of prayer. If Jesus said not to worry, that's what he meant. He tried to give us illustrations to, to ease our mind and help us to understand the, why, why we don't have to worry. In this, Paul said, in this he said, you attack it by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it will, it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you another thing, another weight. Something that weighs down our worship is words. Words. Why would you say words? Well, let me just say this. Words are more than just words. Words are a reflection of what's going on in your heart. Words are a mirror image of what's going on inside of your spirit man. Jesus, again... I'm making sure that everything I can quote today, Jesus said it. So that way, before you go to arguing it, Jesus had said that it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Now, I want you to understand, if your heart, your mind of what you're meditating on are the things that produce worry, your conversation, your words the word of God said, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Life and death. Do you know, and I'm going to leave the name out of the message. But do you know that there is a local restaurant I've never been to? I've never stepped foot in the door. I've never ordered off their menu. I've never eaten one bite of their food. I've driven by it. I've seen it, seen their name. But Sister Linda, I've never visited that business. And this isn't a bad place. It's a, it's a local restaurant. But I have not visited it because of what somebody told me. What's that? Hearsay. Somebody else had a certain experience. And they took that experience. And they told others about that experience. And their bad experience, who knows? It could have been the night that cook was having a bad night. It could have been that that particular day... That something happened that nobody's aware of that happened and their experience was made bad. But they took that bad experience and through their words they began to share that. And somebody else told that somebody else. And somebody else told that somebody else until Brother Tobin one day out of the blue. Somebody came to me and that restaurant was brought up. And they said, oh, you don't want to go there. 
It's disgusting. It'll make you sick. It's terrible. They have the rudest workers. Their food is deplorable. I mean, it's this and this and this. And as a matter of fact, I asked the person who told me. I said, when did you eat there? Oh, I never have. I never have. But the person who told me about it. That's just a silly example, but you know what? It happens in our families. It happens at our jobs. It happens at our church. And it's weighing you down. Your words and others' words will weigh down your worship. One little weight, we already established five pounds. Five pounds is nothing. One little phrase, one little whisper, one little idea, one person disgruntled. Matthew 12 and 37. For by your words you are either justified or you are condemned. You are either, let me put it to you this way. You are either innocent or you are guilty. By your words. Proverbs 6 and 2. Thou art snared. You are trapped by the words of your mouth. You are taken with the words of your mouth. I told Ashlyn, and you can agree with me or not, she's 13, she has a phone. It has got every safety feature known to man put on it. We go at any time, pick up her phone, we can look at any message, we'll look at any post, we'll look at any of her social media, but she's not on Facebook. I told her, that phone, it's got a camera. I told her, I said, if there's pictures or if there's anything that is put out there, I said, here's what you have got to know about the internet, and let this be a good lesson for some of these teenagers in this room. What you put out there, it's out there forever. You can go back, they'll tell you they can scrub it. They'll tell you they can remove it. You can't. It's out there forever. The internet has the mind, the memory of an elephant. Never forgets. It's out there. So some would say, well, it's not, I didn't say this, but I, I posted it. 
I didn't say this, and I didn't say that, but I did it like this. Here's what I'm trying to say, and I know that you know where I'm going with this, but what you say, it is out there. Whether it be about somebody else, whether it be about yourself, there are some of you that are in this building, hell is having a heyday with your mind because even the worry and the words that you speak about yourself, you have taken on the verbiage of hell. You are beginning to say out loud all of the inconsistent and derogatory things that hell thinks about you. There are some of you that think you'll never get to a certain place in God. There are some of you that you've said out loud, my family's doomed. This one can't be saved. I'll always live with this pain. I'll always have this. I want to tell you, start changing your conversation. I want to tell somebody all of hell can say to you and the words that hell will say is you're a sinner you're a heathen you're a liar you're an addict you're a fornicator you're a gossiper but God says you're washed you're clean you're redeemed you've been purchased you've been filled you're a son you're a daughter I want to tell you, hell has a dictionary. And if you're not careful, those words, those things you're thinking and what's going on, it will get in you. It'll control you. And it'll not only control you what you think about yourself, but also about others. Brother Peyton, Brother Preston, Brother Gary, would you three... Turnage men, emphasis on men. Would you three turnage men come and meet me up here real quick, please? Peyton, Preston, and Pawpaw. There we go. The three P's. Peyton, Preston, and Pawpaw. Amen. Isn't it good to have Brother Preston back home? Amen. Amen. Come on over here, fellas. Brother, Brother Gary, if you'll stand right here by me. I've got a little bit of seed here. Got a, got a little bit of seed. Do you know? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Is that your words. Your words are seeds. What you say, Papa. Let's just pretend these are your words. And in this, it encompasses what's going on in here. It encompasses what's going on up here. These words that you're getting ready to share, sometimes we're very just frivolous with them, loose with them. We don't think much about it. Sometimes our words of what's going on in here and going on up here, it may not necessarily be about you. It may be about your pastor. It may be about your church. It may be about a brother or a sister sitting in this church. And maybe, maybe rightfully so, somebody got on your nerves. Maybe rightfully so, there's something somebody does and you don't really agree with it. But then what happens is, if we're not careful, we say some words and those seeds go over to this young man. Because he was in the vicinity of his conversation. 
Papa, you want him to make heaven? You want him to walk in the will of God? You want him to know the power of God? Those seeds, they're going to grow. And he's going to make some decisions. Even spiritual decisions. Based off of There are some, and I did not call Brother Gary up here because I think he does this to his pastor. If he does, he's got me buffaloed because he says a lot of nice things about me and contact. But I'm going to tell you something. Here, listen to what I'm saying. If his words were against the spiritual authority in his life, and those words fell on the heart of that grandson... Do you think that that grandson is going to be able to accept the spiritual authority in his life because Paul Paul thinks he don't have to accept the spiritual authority in his life? So I'm going to say this. Be careful. Be careful about what you're saying in regards to the people that are connected to your life. To them, to you, it's a church member that aggravated you to your child, it could be their Sunday school teacher. To your child, it could be somebody who's up there singing on the platform or playing an instrument. To your child, it could be somebody that someone comes along in life and Preston, they could help you. They could be a benefit, but you push them away because seeds have grown. And then, got little brother who's not so little. And you say some things, and you know what? The cycle just, it keeps on going. It keeps on going. And there's a little sister. I won't call her up here because she had killed Brother Jake. And you know what? And then there's mom and daddy. You know what? And then there's an aunt and an uncle. And you know what? That, you've got a, I see a pretty sister-in-law sitting back there. And you know what? And she's got a daughter. And her daughter has children. You understand what I'm saying this morning? You are weighted down. Your worship is weighted down by words. There are things that we say and we're loose. There are things that we say. And are you ready for this? There are some things we're saying and we have no knowledge of what's going on. Some folks just say because they like to hear themselves say. Stay right there. Let me, if you think that's just Brother Jacob saying something, let me just say this. The book of Job 38 and 2. Listen to what Job says. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? He says, you darken counsel because you are saying words without knowledge. The enemy loves to have a field day in the hearts and minds of people when they are weighed down by words. By words. you fellas like to just take that handful of seed and just swallow it real good? No? 
No. Because the word of God says, David on several occasions, he's, he was asking God to check the purity of his words. The sweetness of his words. Has anybody ever heard the statement? Be careful because you're going to eat. Be careful. Be careful. There's souls on the line. Be careful. Your soul's on the line. Be careful. Somebody, Papa, is weighted down. Their worship is weighed down by your words. Or they're lifted up. Be careful, Preston, because somebody you love is either weighed down or they're lifted up. Be careful. And if I'm going to be condemned or justified by my words, then if I have no business in saying it, then I better not say it. Because I have to at some point eat those words. At some point, Sister Wanda, I'm sorry. We're given a little bit of job security. Here, take some of that. I'll do it so you don't get in trouble. For seed to work, you got to sow it. For seed to work, you got to sow it. Some folks, they can't get it right. They got so much garbage growing up in front of them because people's been sowing stuff. Sowing it. Sowing it. Sowing it. Don't let words weigh down your worship. You know why that hell wants our words so bad, Preston? Because it is also through our words that we have been made able to glorify God. And Sister Linda, it's hard for me to have a hallelujah when I got a I hate you. It's hard to say praise the Lord. It's hard to say God is good. It's hard to say you're my Savior and my Redeemer. You're my strength and my strong tower. When all I've done is use my words and I've been weighing others down. God help us if there's ever somebody in this congregation and they're sitting in the vicinity of your negativity and they can't worship because you've weighed them. I don't know about you, but I want to loosen the weight of my words. How do I do that? One surefire way to keep your words in check is know when to hush.
one surefire way to know to keep your words is that you have determined you are not going to speak until you know the truth. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Proverbs 12 and 25, heaviness in the heart of a man. Makes him stoop. I'm tired. I know you're tired too. I've been preaching almost an hour. I'm aware of the time. I know you're tired too. You're not as tired as I am. Heaviness. Heaviness in the heart of a man makes him stoop. It says here, but a good word maketh him glad. Maketh him glad. You think those words are harmless. You think those words nobody hears you mumbling under your breath. You think those words at home don't affect your spouse. You're wrong. Don't affect your kids. You're wrong. God, give me words. That lift others up. Psalm 71 and 8. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'll come. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise. And with thy honor all the day. God's got a plan for our words. Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt so that you might know how you ought to answer every man. One last thing I'm going to hit on. You see, worship is how we it's how we win. It's how we overcome. We've been talking about prayer and thanksgiving and supplication and rejoicing and our words. When worship is weighed down, it affects your warfare. You see, the enemy wants to hinder your worship. He wants to weigh down your worship. He wants it awkward in your life. And he wants it hindered in your life. Because the enemy knows that worship, Brother Chad, is how you win. Worship is how we're going to overcome. They overcame him, John the Revelator said, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. How do you get a testimony? Brother Michael, you get a testimony as you have triumphed in war, as you have received victory in the battle. I want to tell somebody this morning the word of God said this in 2 Timothy 2 3 and 4 thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier finally my brethren be strong in the Lord Ephesians 6 10 and 11 
and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that she might be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Brother Heath, the word of God lets me know that God doesn't want me, Sister Anna, to live in a place, to live in a place says in Isaiah 61 and 3 to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planning of the Lord that he might be glorified Isaiah 61 and 1 the spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to open the prison of them that are bound Hebrews 12 and 1 wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us I came to tell somebody I walked in here with some weight I walked in here with some worry I walked in here with some words my warfare has been, been attacked I've been in a struggle but brother Hip Hill by the the grace of God and the power of God I can leave here leaving my weight behind I can leave here in liberty I can leave here set free I can leave here ready to run another mile glory because when my worship is weighted Sister Gay, he can lift every burden. He can lift every burden. But there has got to be some things. Hear me, church. I only named a few. Maybe your situation, maybe your title, maybe your circumstance I didn't mention today. There are some things that maybe you chose to pick up as a weight. Sister Ricks, you know something that's strong and steady in this church that can handle the weight this morning? Brother Keith, they can handle the weight. You thought the concrete foundation of this building was the strongest point of this building? That's why, Brother Darren, this pastor ain't ever taken them out of the church. If you want coffee tables and donuts and coffee, if you want 
something else inside of this sanctuary instead of an altar. If they say we're too old-fashioned because there's still an altar, I'm here to tell you Victory Temple has survived 60-plus years because of the foundation of an altar. Victory Temple, your family, my family, your heart, my heart, your life, my life, it's been affected because there's something here that can stand the weight. There's something here that can hold. There's something here steadfast and sure. It's the altar. It's a place where you meet God. And every time, Sister Laura, there's been weight brought into this building through the years that some folks didn't think they's ever going to live. They didn't think they's ever going to make it. They didn't think they's ever going to survive it. They didn't think they's ever going to make through it. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you're in that place. Where am I going to turn? Where am I going to go? Who can I give my weight to? Who can bear my burden? My worship is weighted. My heart is heavy. My tears are flowing. Heath, what are we going to do? You're big and strong. You're a tough man. Can you handle it? No. Pastor, I love you. You're a good man. You'll pray for me, but can you help me? I can pray. I can counsel, but I can't carry it like that. But I know, Laura, place you can go I know a man I know a man who can I know somebody oh and sister Laura right here sister Laura right here sister Laura right here you can lay it down Sister Laura right there. Mom and Daddy right there. Grandma, Grandpa right there. Young person right there. You can lay the weight down. And you can leave here different. You can leave here set free. Hands lifted all over the sanctuary. Come on, I want the church to praise right now. I want the church, all who will, come on, I want you to glorify him right now. Hallelujah. Lord, we glorify you today. Lord, I'm thankful. Come on, there's deliverance for somebody in this house. There's help for somebody in this house. Your mind's been heavy. Your heart's been heavy. Your worship's been weighed down. There's things going on, there's things going on, and you've been heavy, you've been heavy, and it's time, oh, it's time, oh, it's time, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus right now, right now, I'm believing every stronghold of the enemy. I'm believing right now through and by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost that gives liberty. The Holy Ghost that breaks the bonds. The Holy Ghost that sets captives free. The Holy Ghost that will change your mind and change your thinking and rearrange your heart and rearrange your mind and get you out of a place where you felt stuck. It will get you in a place oh, 
our God, where God can take the weight. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You might have walked in here weighed down in your worship. Oh, there might be worry. There might be words. But there's a healer in the house. There's a burden bearer. I'm going to ask you to come. Some have already come. I want you to step out. I want you to come in this altar. I want you to find yourself a place to pray. Come on, church. Come on, church.